Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, with my co-host, Ben Bateman. Oh my goodness, guys. I'm excited. It's a top ten for you. I love top tens. I know. This is different, though. We're starting a new series of top tens. This is top ten comments. So this was due to popular demand, and by that I mean two people tweeted at us. Like I was told this is top ten decks that could use Spellsguide in the main. Oh. Uh, no. I, I lied to you. The, Though, in helping your note, uh, thanks to goldfish.com, I think is what it's called, or something along those lines. Uh, they do a lot of statistics on Moto. Spellskite is technically number number four or five. Number five. Number four. Number four. Usually you said four before the podcast. If I said four before the podcast. It's number four in all most played cards in modern. That it makes beat sense. Tarmogoyf. I mean, it. I don't think that it being the most the fourth most played card in modern actually does any more for its case for me because I feel it should be the number one most played card in modern. I think, I think it actually was also the most played creature. Yes, and it makes sense because it's colorless and has a colorless activation and sure. is a four of or a three sure. of in almost every single sideboard. Okay. Um, I Look, I, I've said for a long time, not just that I think it's I don't the think most... I think it's a four of in any sideboards. A lot of sideboards that I've seen. Every sideboard that's, I build. That's, well. <laughs> no, it's, that's a lie. It's not in any of the sideboards I build because it's in the main deck as a four <laughs> of. No, uh, no, my <laughs> thing is that I, I just think that there are... I mean, we I want to talk about our top ten here, but I think that if you were to focus on... A card that you could just like edge out in game one against the most decks in modern. If you started your deck as a four of around it, if you were to say like, okay, I'm going to build my deck with a four of with four spell skites, that's the card you would start with. It's the sideboard card that would be in every main deck if you felt that that was like the advantage. And I do. So I think that there's, and this is a legitimate thing. I know this sounds silly and we joke about it, but if you sit down with four spell skites and you go, okay, what is the most effective way to build my deck in a powerful way that starts with these four cards? I think that eventually you'll see a deck where somebody comes out and that's like a thing. Like I started with four spell skites and I won this Grand Prix. And that's when you start main decking Twisted Image. Yeah, exactly. So today we're doing top ten commons. Uh, Eventually this will be followed by top ten uncommons. Top ten... I don't know if we can do top ten rares. That's like, seems really... That's so generic. Maybe. Top ten mythics maybe, because that's so like, that's a back to more specific. We might just skip rares. Commons and uncommons like seems like... Top, Top ten basic lands. Yeah, <laughs> uh, snow, but cover mountain. <laughs> Something, yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll, we'll, the snow covered lands and then regular lands. I would like to do commons, uncommons, and then start to classify like types of cards. So like top ten combo cards or something like that, where you know like splinter twin. Well, I, mean, and, like, I feel like we before we get to those, we still have to finish all of the different card types. Yeah, so yeah. we've only done top ten artifacts, I think, at this point, and we definitely have all the top ten colors still to do. Wait, artifacts wasn't top ten colorless cards. It was up top ten artifacts. You're yeah, sure? it oh. wasn't colorless cards. It was artifacts. Interesting. Okay, yeah. we're That's we're killing like, time. Amber Cole didn't make the list. Let's uh, get to our top ten. All right, so we're gonna count backwards. Count backwards, and then we have. So this is gonna be slightly different. We have our top ten, and then we have a. Each of us have picked our top five or six cards we wish were played more, but we couldn't make that list. It's like sort of there like, are a lot of commons out there. It's like a list of like cards you wish saw more play slash cards that maybe see play that you wish were used like more creatively, kind of a thing. But yeah, we have our we have our I classification. Mean, that could be the difference between how we picked. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. Cards. I'm speaking for both. All right. Of us. So, um, by the oh, I, I guess bring this up. Uh, even if a card has been more recently printed as uncommon, as long as it has had a printing within the modern format as common, it was allowed to be included. So the biggest exclusion here is Rancor because yeah. its original printing is common, but it was reprinted as an uncommon, and the version that is legal in modern is uncommon. Whereas 
I think there are three commons that were shifted to uncommon in Masters or uh, Modern There's Masters a, Two. A lot more than that, but that's I mean, but like three, three notable, ones, yeah. right? Like a Tribal Flames, a couple others that were that were shifted. Bolt. Yeah, Bolt that were shifted over to uncommon. So yeah. as long as there was a a common printing that is legal in modern, we can use them on the list. Right. But plus, uh, like Doomblade used to be uncommon, now is, common, is uncommon, yeah. or it used to be common and now is uncommon. Right, right, right. So because um, um, removal in general in sets have been moved up, so if it's a reprint, they're gonna got it, make got it, it got more. It. Um, before we get into it i do want to just really quick shout out be sure to check out command zone which is our sister podcast on rocketjump.com um jimmy jimmy wong and josh sequai who are awesome dudes they do a great job and that's that's the other half of what we're doing here so be sure to check their podcast out um and without further ado i think we should get to it if no before that if you disagree want to argue or like at the moment just need to shout at us we are at the mmcast on twitter oh yeah at the very end we'll tell you our personal twitters but just for the purposes of yelling at us while we're listing our cards yeah we we Kessler and I like both have our own sort of like the way we go about these lists, but I, I have a feeling they'll be pretty reflective of one another. So I'm going to jump in. This, just... this one was a little easier. There there's at least like a few slots that are just like auto. Includes. Well, yeah, I mean the, the top like one or two. But then right, again, so... I thought that about Spell Scout and I was wrong. So well, <laughs> according to you. So not my, my number ten is a newer card. It's a Fate Reforged Common. Goes by the name of Gurmag Angler. Okay. Uh, I do have this on my list. It's one of the only cards in modern that sees a significant amount of play that costs seven or more. Like, there's uh, right. only a few. Yeah. The, the one thing I've, like, one going through everything, I would even argue that it's, there is one card, and it's my number ten, yeah. that is over two mana other than Gurmag Angler. Yeah, they're all the really, player. really cheap cards for the most part. Yeah. I mean, the other... that, Well, that's, like, it's hard to print high power level... Um, commons that are modern level power level that cost more than three mana because like the power level of a four drop that I'm playing in modern is insane. Like right. most planeswalkers and like mythics don't yeah. even like reach the level of power level needed in modern at a four drop. Yeah. So like these are cards like you know birthing pod or splinter twin where like they like either are value engines to an extreme or will instantly win you the game and for that to be a common which means that in a, some draft environment out there there was a common that was as good as those cards yeah is well, unlikely. I mean, and also because like delve is a, is a silly mechanic where it's, right, like, right. it's, it's not really an accurate casting cost nobody ever plays Gurmag. well they have but it's rare you would ever play Gurmag in, in reality most of these cards cost one mana yes exactly, exactly. <laughs> including Gurmag yep. but uh, for you guys who don't know, it's a 5-5 five, five Delph. So in reality, it's a one-mana 5-5 five, five at times, and that's insane. It's one black, six colorless for a 5-5 five, five zombie fish um, that has Delve, and that's what it does. And yeah. Chapin unveiled his first modern brew at this. It was, I think, I think I want to say it was a dredge list. No, no, no. So he played, it was an Esper list. That was also the first time anyone was playing the uh, Mishra's bobble. Right. He, like, that's where he showed both of them and was like it was basically Esper Delve is what he called it. Yeah. And it played four Tassiger, four Gurmag Angler, um, and just was like it was kind of the era right after Treasure Cruise and Dig Through Time were banned. So he was like, let's and just it shift wasn't over. just kind of that, it was literally that. And he was like, well what are other really powerful Delve cards? Yeah. And where most of Channel Fireball went towards the Infect plan. Like Infect yeah. was one of the higher plays there yeah, because yeah, they're like immense. become immense is insane. Uh Chapin was much more on the plan of Tassiger, five, five, and then and he's four, like, well, five. what if I just play Gurmag Angler? And then he started winning with... I mean, he kind of talked about this when he, he got done, He but. got made fun of by like a lot of people right when it happened. Yeah. And we actually... There's an older episode of the podcast, if you guys haven't listened to, where he's on here, and we talked to him a little bit about that deck, and, and just... I think, I'm pretty sure we talked to him about building that when he unveiled it and how much he likes Delve. Uh, so I recommend checking that episode out. What's your number 10, Kessler? Uh, my number 10 is Pestermite. 
Really? Yeah. So I know you were like, we had a conversation about Pestermite on the way getting water before we started recording, <laughs> and you were pretty heading. I was like, oh man, it's on my list. But basically, it, it is a card that has seen more tournament play than any other, like almost any other common. Okay. In the, in one the blue, format, two colorless, two one flying. I believe he's a fairy rogue. Um, might be a fairy. No, you're right. Fairy, fairy rogue. rogue. Yeah, when he know. enters the battlefield, you may tap target permanent. Or, or untap. untap target permanent. Yes, and no tap or untap target permanent. Right. Yeah. You don't get to do both. No, no, you pick one. Yeah. Pick yeah, one. yeah. Um, there is a difference though with this and Deceiver Exarch, right? One of them is only uh, so uh, Deceiver Exarch can only tap opponents' things and untap your own things. And this one can do well, either. Pestermite can untap your opponents' things and tap your things as well as the reverse. Here's the reason I didn't put Pestermite on my list. Okay, so everybody knows Deceiver Exarch, which is an uncommon, which is the one for cleric wizard, maybe cleric. Uh, knight know. or something like that from uh, New Phyrexia. It's definitely not a cleric knight, but keep going. Something and cost three. <laughs> it, it, it's the four of, the preferred four of in Splinter Twin lists. Yeah. So you nowadays you'll see four Deceiver Exarchs and you'll see two uh, Pester Mites often. Um, uh, in the non-tempo builds, but sure. Yeah, people will like mess around. But the thing is, if I understand it's because you get four Deceiver Exarchs is the reason you see two Pester Mites. And, but the thing is that before Deceiver Exarch was printed, nobody would have played a deck in Modern that only had four copies. Even uh, if you... Deceiver Exarch and Splinter Tomb were in the same deck, so no one played any type of the deck. Right. Well, uh, okay. My, <laughs> my point that I'm trying to make here is that Pestermite is... It's overtly unpowerful unless you're playing Splinter Tomb. Because it has Splinter one toughness, that it and Deceiver Exarch has four toughness, and Lightning Bolt is the most played card in Modern, so you can't really get away with playing four Pestermites and expecting it to work out because it'll just get killed by the most common removal spell. On top of which, the only other deck in Modern that would think about playing Pestermite is a Fairy's deck. And guess what? The fairies decks don't play any Pestermites. There is a reason it's number 10. It's on the list because of, of, of there are cards that are higher. They are a higher power level, but have seen way less play. I mean, Gurmag Angler has seen way less play than Pestermite has in the history of the format. But you could play Gurmag Angler in any number of decks, and it would have the same sort of level of power. True, which is why Gurmag Angler is higher from on my list than Pestermite. But Pestermite comes in in my top ten for that reason. In my Cleric Tempo deck, I would probably play four uh, Deceiver Exarch. But in my Fairy Rogue deck with Uno's Gate Warden and <laughs> would Uno's you, Prowler. Would you really play yeah. <laughs> Deceiver Exarch in your Cleric deck? Especially because why are you playing blue? But okay. Yeah, anyway. Uh, Going to number nine, I'm going to say my number nine because we literally just talked about it. It's Gromag Angler. Okay. Yeah, so get that out of the way. It's it's higher on the list because it is a newer card. It right. hasn't seen a ton, a ton of play. It definitely will see play forever. Uh, foil copies, I found out, are going for like almost $30, which really? is insane. So if you have foil Gromag Anglers, congratulations. You just... That's interesting. I didn't know that. You just made money. Yeah. As I told you. It's really good. I mean, that, yeah, that card's powerful. My number I mean, nine... Oh, go ahead. Uh, I, I mean, uh, the original Delve Black Creature was a staple in Legacy and Modern and, and everything else, and this is just arguably better because it can be one mana cheaper. Yeah, it, it is pretty interesting. I mean, it's Doesn't also it's thing. also interesting that we haven't seen Hooting Mandrels really make a large impact in Modern yet. Like, it costs one less mana, and it has one less power and one less toughness. Otherwise, it's the same card, right? Or is it Trample, too? Uh it, it has Trample, but yeah. it's a 4-4 four, four yeah. for one less mana. But the mana doesn't really matter. 4-4 yeah. four, four is a big deal because it doesn't fight through Rhinos, yeah. nor does it fight through Tassigurs, and it yeah. doesn't really fight through Tarmogoyfs, Tarmogoyfs usually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is, 
And the original deck that Hooting Matters was like, oh, we should maybe play that in that deck would be Dredge decks. Yeah. And Gurmag Angler is just infinitely better because of the zombie card type. Right. So, like, the fact that you can rebuy Grave Callers is yeah. really important. I and, mean, look, you don't have yeah. to convince me the 5-5 five, five is better than a 4-4. Four, four. It just is. It's just interesting that you have another creature that is similar, similar and right. is not legendary that hasn't seen, like, a tremendous amount of play yet. So I mean, because it goes Gurmag Angler, then Tassiger, Tassiger right. then Hooting Mantles. And, you can only play so many Delve cards. Yeah. Um, my number nine is a recent all-star on the competitive circuit, and that's Dispel. Um, Dispel has yeah. been aggressively printed. I think I think Wizards really likes this card a lot because they seem to keep reprinting it. It was originally printed, I think, in Zendikar as a common. It's one blue, instant, counter-target instant. Um, and I know that in... Was it World Wake or Zendikar? It was one of, one of the two that originally got printed. I think, it was World, I think Zendikar had... Um, Spell Pierce? Spell Pierce. Okay. Um, and Which it's barely missed my list. Yeah, because Pierce is a card that ha- it used to see a lot more play. It sees play in Legacy, and it used to see play sort of in these like tempo-y kind of Delvery decks in Modern. But I think what people realized more and more and more was that really what you ended up countering a lot of the time in Modern was an instant spell. And the fact that like late game, Dispel still counters Cryptic Command. It's still like it still counters and, Electrolyze. It's still right. And I, I think I think Spell Pierce would make like a top twenty list pretty yeah. easily and handedly. Because it definitely still see play. It's like one over two of it's really good with Snapcaster Mage, etc. But I think Dispel right now, especially, we've talked about this before. There are so many instants in this format. Like the decks that you wouldn't expect to have instants now have Collected Company. So really you have a target against every deck you're playing against. Right. So Dispel just has gained so much more value as a card. I also think one of the biggest shifts that we've seen recently, and this is one that I experienced quite a bit over the summer in the PPTQ season, was that burn decks rather than just jamming your sideboard with life gain cards, you started to realize that Dispel was actually a powerful card to be playing oh, against yeah. burn decks. I mean, Negate has always been pretty decent against burn. Yeah, and so when when you start to think about turns four, five, and six against a burn deck, if you've stabilized a little bit, having just drawing Dispels against that deck mid to late game is not bad. It's just a one-for-one one with their card. It's right. it's essentially like a one mana three you know gain three that's going to have game against a lot of other strategies. Uh, one mana gain three target player discards a card is not a bad card against burn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's uh yeah it's it's definitely definitely pretty interesting and I I like to spell a lot so I find myself using it more and more. All right, uh, number eight. Yep. So my number eight uh, to kind of go along with blue spells and spell pierce a uh, delver of secrets. Oh, it's number eight for you. Huh? Yeah. Uh, so it's number eight, and this is a specific only to modern yeah. uh, ranking. So in the early days of modern, Delver saw a ton of play because yeah. yep. Ponder and Preordain were legal. Then those were banned, and then saw some play, but it's never really been as powerful as it was in standard when Ponder was a card, or yeah. in Legacy because Brainstorm and Ponder exist in Legacy, and it just it's never really been as powerful as other cards have been. And it, it, it definitely was one of the cards when I was making my list that jumped around its placement. I lowered it eventually because in the history of the format, even and especially right now, Delver isn't that good. Yeah, it's it's definitely pretty pretty funny when you think about the fact that one of the things in modern that has been avoided in design over the years, and I think they're pretty aware of this, is that they don't want to have effects that can put ha- cards from your hand on top of your library. And that's that's an effect that plays well with Delver. It's something that you get to see in Legacy with obviously Brainstorm and when Jace was legal in moder- in standard right. with Delver, you could do it. Which I think is a mistake, by the way. I think a two mana Brainstorm would be very good. Or Jace was never legal with Delver. I take that back. It was they they were separated. But I mean, yeah. it's just the no, sort no, Del- of Delver was the sequel to Jace. Yeah, we like left. Oh God, Jace, blue white decks Cobbled. running standard into. Oh great, 
yeah. blue white Delver, Delver decks running standard. So I definitely think that that's something they've avoided. And if, if they print a card at any point that is going to allow you to do that, to, to actively reset the top of your library in a better way or put cards from your hand on top of your library in a better way, Delver gets better. It also just makes a lot of other cards in modern a lot more dangerous. Um, that's not something – I mean, that's – you. If True. You, I've, tried, I've been championing that stupid card, Survivor of the Unseen, for a while, which, for any of you listening, is just not a good card at all. I, I think an anticipate-like version of Brainstorm, where it's a two-mana yeah. uh, instant speed is fine, or yeah. a one-mana sorcery speed, like Brainstorm but for two cards, so draw two, put uh, one back on top. Yep. I think both of those would be relatively safe in the format. Yep. Uh, I think the one-mana one maybe is, is too safe. Yep. Um. Uh, as I'm saying this, Ben is taking the card he was just talking about because it happens to be a common, and yeah. he is writing it in his list. So he now has seven cards. I'll, I'll make cuts. Let's one, keep going. One based <laughs> off of a fact that I forgot I only have four. Yeah. But we're going to continue. All you right. can use one of mine. It's so what's fine. your number eight? Um, my number eight is Ancient Grudge. And Ancient Grudge obviously is extremely played in modern. It's uh, it's a sideboard card. Um, this is unlike Spellscout. You would never play this in a main deck. It serves no purpose in a main deck. Um it doesn't unless you have some weird you want to blow up your own artifacts. Yeah, I did in a in a commander game the other day. Uh, I had a indestructible artifact in play, but I had a storm spell. Right, and so I double casted Ancient Grudge on the thing I controlled because right. they had no artifacts for some reason, just to get my storm count up so I could get a bunch of lands. And then I had Borgramos and I killed them with it. It was great. There is uh, a deck that I know has been kicked around a little in more in more of a casual environment. Our buddy Eric, who is like the father of Highlander Roulette, we've talked about it before, where you, you're essentially trying to come up with a strategy to turn your opponent's permanents into artifacts, and then you're playing like Shatterstorm and... Oh yeah, there's... there's there's uh, I've seen a few lists that kind of play around with... Destructive Revelry, ideas. Shattering well, Spree, the, Ancient Grudge. The, uh, March of the Machines. Um... Well, because Liquid Metal Coating is the card that you turn to for, for the consistency. No, there's the other one. There's the four mana one that turns all permanents into artifacts. Okay. Uh... What is it called? No, there's 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 Mycosynth Lattice. Mycosynth Lattice costs so, six. So the deck in modern is March of the Machines into Mycosynth Lattice. Okay, you destroy all their lands, right? Because and y'all your lands, but you have Mycos- you have a six six, right? So it, it that's kind of one of the decks that's out there. That one's cool. I can see that doing something like with Ancient Grudge, but it's a yeah, it's a weird idea. I mean, Ancient Grudge is not in here for that. Ancient Grudge is in here because Ancient Grudge for every red green deck and or deck that's milling themselves plays Ancient Grudge in their sideboard. It's one red, one colorless for an instant. It was originally printed in Mirrodin, right? Fifth Dawn or something. Uh, Am I making that up? It got reprinted in Innistrad. That's that's where it came back. Um, I feel like the original Ancient Grudge was from Time Spiral. No, it's for sure time spiral. I Is have it time spiral? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense because it's got it's the, but the time it's the, time spiral block is the only flashback set in modern, and it's the art's way uglier. Yeah, it's kind of the art's just kind of like random in both actually. It's fire. Yeah, Burning. but uh, anyway, yeah. So it got reprinted in Innistrad, and it's good. It has flashback, yeah. off color flashback. It can blow stuff up. Go ahead. My original playset of ancient grudges, I traded them the day before they were spoiled in Innistrad. Made a good twenty eight bucks. Did you really? Yeah. They were that much money? They were seven bucks each. I had a playset. I tried them away. Holy moly. Literally the next day they got spoiled. I have 35 times for our ancient grudges. They're still sitting in a box. Like I just, I have well, They're so... now worth nothing. No, they're not <laughs> worth anything. Wow, it's impressive. Um, all right, so we are on number seven. Yes. Cool. Uh, mine is Wild Nactyl or Nacatl. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wait, did you add that after? Was that your number 10 that you added? No. How did I not put Wild Nacatl on my list? Know. My number 10 is the next one. That I added, it kind of like it's complicated. Oh, damn it, we 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 tried to fact check. 
We tried to fact check. I can't believe that I forgot Wild and Coddle. It's totally more powerful than these cards. Well, yeah, maybe not. All right, that's fine. fine. Yeah, you're good. I, okay, so Wild and Coddle, for those that don't know, it's a green mana. Uh, Delver Secrets notes. <laughs> yeah, it's... for one green mana, you get a one one that if you control also a plains and a mountain, it is a three three. Uh, it was banned. It gets plus one one for each of those two types one time. So if yeah, you have yeah, a plains, yeah. it's a two two. If you have a mountain, it's a so it, it is a max a three three for one, yes. which is really good. Uh, it was banned out of mo- it wasn't legal in modern for years. Uh, they unbanned it. It actually didn't end up doing a whole lot once it was unbanned. Uh, obviously, it's super powerful. Every zoo deck out there, every Naya deck out there plays like starts with four of these. Um, it's a, it, I mean, it's been good since it was printed. One mana, three threes. We were talking about how Gurmag Angler is good as a five mana, one, 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 a five, five for one. Uh, and that's after you doing a lot of work. This is a three, three for one with doing zero work. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I guess maybe I did come across this in my mind because now I'm looking at my list and I'm actually not really feeling like I would put it ahead of these cards just because I think Nicotle, like, there was a time when that card was really powerful in modern, but the, the fact remains that burn is one of the most played strategies in modern. So putting yourself to 17 on turn one to play Nicotle and probably putting yourself to 14 on turn two because that's the way your deck works is probably not the best idea in the format, especially with Lightning Bolt running around. Sure. Just trading, like, Starting three for Nakata and then just it gets bolted. Um, Mind you, it also like brick walls, goblin guides all day. So yeah, it's true, and it gets blocked by you no, know. No, I, I definitely. I mean, it's not number one. Once again, like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Cards at the top are either kind of newer cards, uh, questionable cards like Pestermite, or cards that like are overtly powerful. Like you can't argue mm. Delver Secrets isn't one of the top ten creatures maybe ever printed. Right, but it doesn't see that much play in modern. Wild Nakatl sees more play than Delver Secrets. It's in more decks, and it is overtly easier to be powerful. Like, the deck doesn't have to work as hard to, for that card to be powerful. But, for a skew of reasons, it hasn't seen as much play in Modern. I guess we should move on from it, but I guess if I was really thinking, it, it might slot somewhere in between my 6 and my 8. Like, I'm not really sure. But anyway, so that was number what for you? 7. Okay, so my number 7 is Terminate. Um, sure. 1 red, 1 black. Instant destroy target creature. There's nothing else going on here. It's originally a shards of Alara or a conflux common. One no, of no, no. It was originally like a, like a. Short, oh no, like... plane plane shift. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Originally from plane like, shift. Way back in the day. The second set in the uh, the second set in the, in the invasion block yeah. back in like two thousand one or two thousand or like, something like that. The second gold block. <laughs> yeah, I have like I think I have eight or nine plane shift ones, but um. Or... But yeah, it, it's modern legal printed as a common in shards of Alara. Block. Yeah. It. I mean. I guess the reason it was on it was like a bubble card. It definitely was yeah, on the yeah. edge. Um, it, if we were doing a real honorable mentions, it probably would have made it there versus cards like I want to yeah, see play. Yeah, yeah. I didn't include it. It hasn't seen a lot of play until very very recently. Yeah, which is funny. So it, it didn't used to see play, right? And back when Jund was a thing, it would see a little bit of play in Jund. Even then, it was like a fringe, like a, a two of the eighth card. Yeah, but <laughs> it sees lots of play in Grixis decks and. Grixis right. became prominent with the printing of Colagon's Command and the power of Gurmag Angler. So I think once like there was a home for it, it was a card that was always like... Well, Jund and it plays it. I think I think Rhino helped it a lot. Uh, the fact that Rhino is just a threat. So now you have Tarmogoyf's Rhino. You have all these just like dirtily big dudes, including Gurmag Anglers and Tassigers, that like it be- gained a lot of value for that reason. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely powerful. It's, it's the... It's the Really, the only Dublay variant that sees play in the format. Yeah, I think I think what happened was that it was one of those cards where it was sort of like in the beginning of the format. People were like, "What's good? What are the prime removal spells? What should I play?" 
And then it was like, well, this, 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 and this are a little better than Terminate, so we'll just try these. And then it got it was the status quo. You just play these cards and not Terminate. And then once it swung back around, people were like, oh, this card's really, really good. Right. I, I also think that the fact that Birthing Pod got banned made it much better. Yeah, that's probably true. I think the fact that, you know, the number one deck in the format isn't running four Kitchen Finks for yeah. Voice of Resurgence makes Terminate a lot better. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right, so number six. So, Spreading Seas. Oh, that's in your top ten. Yeah. That's in my honorable mentions. Okay. So, I go. love Spreading Seas. Yeah, I love Spreading Seas. Love it. Like it's- uh, th- This is up here um, for two reasons. One... I think the ben- the fact that Merfolk is as strong as it is, yep. one of the reasons is be- on the back of this card. It's the most powerful card in the deck. Yeah, I, th- I think the fact that it's like comparable to Blood Moon at times, yeah. and then it also basically reads, target player is going to stumble on mana, all your creatures are unblockable for the rest of the game, is like very strong. And it just cantrips out of that. Yeah. It's very strong. Um, I totally agree. I uh, adore this card. Yeah. Like It's it's super creative. It's, it's like... Um, it's just there's there's a lot of design space for brewers of this card. That's why it's in my list because you you can think about the different ways you can play this. It's cheap. It cantrips. It's like a it's a mana denial spell, but it's a cheap card that does cantrips. So if you have any way of right. returning it to your hand and replaying it, it's good. Like I also think so. We've talked about what cards should be and shouldn't be banned many times on this podcast, and uh, recently, especially in the last couple of months, I've been very hard on Blood Moon needs to go. Yeah. Um. I think the main reason this card doesn't see play in many more decks is because Blood Moon is a card. Right. Because this is actively bad, bad with Blood Moon. Yep. Because they Blood Moon, you Blood Moon and you this, well, they, like, well, I don't even yeah. know how, what is what works. But in reality, once Blood Moon's gone, fingers yeah. crossed, this card becomes, like, what Splinter Twin puts in that slot. Yeah, no, it's, it's this is definitely a card that if you if you don't have Blood Moon, you're going to get more creative. It's just, it's just a little less powerful. But, I mean, it, yep. it's cool, though, and it's cooler. It's, like... The fact that it's two, like I said, it's an enchantment. There's just there's just a lot of clever things that I think you can be done with this card that right. aren't done, and and maybe we'll see more of it. So um, my number six is Delver. We already talked about it. I do love Delver of Secrets. Um, you talked about it. We didn't really explain what you it is. You can talk about how great it is. Yeah. It's, <laughs> so it's one blue for a one one. What's he? A wizard or something like that? He's a wizard. Cleric. He's a human wizard. Human wizard. Not everything uh, is a cleric. <laughs> uh, he's a flip face card. He's one of these cards that got printed in Innistrad Block, and he's a 1 1 at the beginning of your upkeep. Look at the top card of your library. You may reveal a card. If it is an instant or sorcery card that is revealed this way, transform Delver of Secrets. Its flip side is that it is a human insect yep. um, called Insectile Aberration, who is a 3 2 flyer. So Delver is one of the most powerful cards ever printed uh creatures yeah at common it was totally Period. overlooked yeah. when it got printed like for a good solid month um well it, yeah i mean it's kind of like right now we haven't seen what any of these new cards are really going to do yeah. in modern or legacy because there haven't been it's been a month or more than a month since this set especially since the uh battle, battle for zenica yeah. was spoiled and there just hasn't been a modern tournament. There hasn't been a legacy tournament. So same deal with kind of Delver back in the day. Yeah. And it took a while for it to catch on in uh, Standard. Do the you first, remember yeah, how the it Illusions worked? deck yeah, was the first yeah. one that played it, which was just like a mono blue aggro deck. With, that, lo- with Lord of the Unreal and Phantasmal Bear. Yeah, a bunch of just Illusions and Illusion and Lords. And it just image. like played this because it was good. Yeah. And it just like just good enough as an aggressive creature. And then they realized, oh, no, no, this card's amazing. And then it became Spirits. And then it became the Geist, this... 
uh, oh, Restoration Standard. Angel, yeah, uh, Delver deck that was problematic and and was the second coming of Cobblade and yeah, well, and and this deck, this card is extremely famous. Unless I'm totally mistaking this, but I'm pretty sure this card is extremely famous for being that in that Esper Spirits deck that John Finkel played against Kibler. Oh yeah, that's a, in uh, Honolulu. I think they both were playing this. No, no, he was playing. Uh, Kibler was obviously playing his um, Green Red Ramp deck. The val- his, oh, right. You're right. With you're Prime, right, right. Primeval yeah, Titan yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Huntmaster of the Fells. But, and I was trying to remember if Finkel was playing Delvers in this deck. Yeah, he was. He was. Positively. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, anyway, Delver's awesome. There's a lot of cool things that can be done with decks that are built around Delver of Secrets. Just like Nicodle. <laughs> yeah, just like the, like Nicodle, it dies to bolt. So it's like sort of the same kind of thing, but it just doesn't require you to be so multicolored. The the the, the two issues it has in modern is it dies the like every removal melt, removal spell under the sun, and the way it works, it gives them time, so it's not as punishing if they stumble. So like Nicodle, you are pretty much guaranteed that it's going to be a three three. You have to get pretty unlucky for you not to be able to pull that off. And then, and then you get in there. So even if they have a bolt or they get a bolt in the first three turns, you're still going to get in there for three to five damage, three to six damage a lot of the time. Sometimes they're played in the same deck. I, I've seen yeah. less Delver Zoo with Delver and Nakadal. I've tried where, to build where Delver doesn't always pull that that off. It's easy to kill, and it doesn't consistently flip. The reason it's much better in formats like Legacy is because you can play decks that run, you know, fifteen lands and yeah. four Brainstorm, four Ponder, four Gitaxian Probe. Like you can. Like your deck is all spells and Delver, so like it works well, a lot better. And you have Force of Will and other ways to protect Delver. And the most important thing, literally the most important thing about Brainstorm in conjunction with Delver is that Brainstorm's an instant. So if you want to play right. Delver on turn one, pass the turn, untap, and then before upkeep, brainstorm yourself so you definitely flip your Delver. You can. You can do it. Which right. is like that's the ultimate that's like the ultimate. That's like what we're missing. If if modern ever gets to like brainstorm for two. It's the same card, just it's just two instead of three. You probably will see that played with Delver, and it'll become the thing. That's just what you do, right? So anyway, uh, one last thing on Delver before we move on because we don't really talk about that often. My favorite thing about this card, yeah. and people might not know this, it's Jeff Goldblum literally. Like the card is Jeff Goldblum, so it's based off of the movie The Fly. The art isn't Jeff Goldblum, but the the story of the movie The Fly is Jeff Goldblum is a scientist who creates a teleportation device, and a fly accidentally gets in there, and he turns into a, an insect. Yes. So this is literally the story of Jeff Goldblum. He has a bug. They go into a device, and he accidentally creates and he becomes a fly, fly person. Yes. Yeah, so that's it's fantastic. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff um, Goldblum the card. All right, so. What what's your number five? Number five? My number five is Manalik. Okay, uh, that's my number three. Okay. Uh, so I, think, I feel like we're in the territory now where our top five is probably identical. Or um, similar cards, but different orders. Uh, I think I have at least one card that's not in your top five, probably. I would be surprised if any of the five on my list here are not in your top five, but I could be wrong. So you you went with Manalik at five. So we'll just... Okay, we'll talk about it now. I mean, Manalik is ubiquitous with... The reason it's not as high as number three, which is where you have it, is I actually think just Remand is better. And I think, like, we were talking earlier about that Goldfish list where they... Manalik wasn't even on the list. Remand, Dispel... Like, there were cards that we've talked about at much lower positions that were higher on that list at Common. Um, I think Manalik's just not that good in this format. I think the format is very much, especially blue decks, often have to do with um, Path, which makes Manalik just worse. Manalik and Path do not get along. Uh, Manalik is also not that good with Snapcaster Mage. Yeah. Because snapbacking a Manalik generally is 
after a point in time where they have enough mana to pay for the mana leak. Yeah, and so many things cost one. I mean, it's it is true. It's but I don't think people knew that as much at the beginning. You used to see a lot more decks that had a lot more mana. I think leaks. in the history of the format, mana leak saw a lot more play. Yeah. Um, well, and, and mana leak will see play forever. I, like it's the reason it's in my top five. Like my top five is all yeah. ridiculously some of the most powerful cards ever printed. It I'm, is the third best counterspell in the format. Yeah. Well, so it's it's really funny, right? That we've watched sort of the mutation of modern from beginning to end where you basically have a couple different kinds of decks the way that decks use uh cmc the way that coming mana costs like the way that decks like sort of evaluate a card's cost now mm-hmm. it, it was very like when shapen was telling us about the the uh, creation of that grixis deck right. and he was saying like there's there are control decks and there are tempo decks but you can't play a traditional control deck in modern with cards like Sphinx's Revelation where you're just going to like one for one and then draw a bunch of cards. He's like, it doesn't really work like that. You have to string together a bunch of marginal card advantage spells, chain them together to create card advantage, which ultimately ends up making sort of a tempo deck. Mm-hmm. So a card like Mana Leak doesn't work as well. And, and if that's sort of, if that idea is the whole format, which is that you should be looking for the edges and the incremental advantages on one and two mana spells at all times. Do they cantrip? Do they exile something from a graveyard? Right. Do they gain you two life? Uh, does it bounce something? Like, all those sort of things. Does it make something else you're going to play cheaper? Then this card is out of place because it's ultimately, in a lot of cases, going to do the same thing that Dispel would do. Right. It's, it's right, Or it's going to be a little bit less good than Spell Pierce. Or it's not going to draw you a card so or do more, so you should just be waiting out and playing your Crypto Command. Like, right. And that's... Though, though, thinking about it, on this note, and this is a brew, but it's an Alex Kessler brew, where it's just good cards versus a Ben Bateman brew, uh, almost every single green-black X combination has seen a lot of play, but Bug. Uh, right. Um, salt High. Um the relationship between Mana Leak and the permanence that it's generally good against and Abrupt Decay right. and the permanence and cards that that card is generally good against is very interesting because they definitely pull the format in different directions. Yeah, totally. Um, one of the reasons, classically, that uh, Birthing Pod was so good was because it was resistant to Abrupt Decay. Yeah, right, right. Um, but Mana Leak kind of wrecks it. So I, I'd be very interested to see a deck that kind of kind of capitalize on both of those cards at the same time i've brewed plenty of times with mana leak and i will i don't know that i would necessarily say that remand is a better card than mana leak because the nature of modern is that one and two mana spells rule the format so if you need to counter something and it costs two and they have four mana and you mana leak it that's great if you remand it you draw a card that's fine but they're just going to replay it and then you kind of are screwed in some ways I think the point was is that both of these cards lean you towards being tempo decks, and yeah. Remand is a better tempo card yes, than Mana Leak Yes, this is, is definitely true. Um, and Remand is also a better late-game card, because if you have a spell that you can cast twice, yeah. I'd much rather draw a card off of it yep. than make you just spend all your mana that yeah. turn. Agreed. I mean, I, I didn't put Remand ahead of it because it's an uncommon, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, Mana right. Leak, I could see how Mana Leak is a little worse than so, I have it here. For the record, and I didn't put Dispel on my list because yeah. I kind of knew you put it on there and it kind of fell off, but Dispel sees more play than Mana Leak does. Yes, and I agree. And I just, I think from a modern standpoint, it's definitely the more efficient card than Mana Leak. Sure. But if you were just going to sort of in a vacuum look at all the cards that are legal in modern, Mana Leak is a better card than Dispel. It's yeah. significantly yeah, yeah, better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just Dispel. No, no, I think Mana Leak is better than Dispel. Dispel just sees more play right now. For right now. The reason exactly. Because I um, like two months, three months ago, like before the summer season, I would before not Before Collective Company existed, before Dragons of Dark Year, Dispel would have never been on this list. Yeah. It would have been a fringe sideboard card. So. Um, what is your number five? 
cranial plating. Okay. And plating is was another card that so was shifted. So cranial plating is my number three. It's number three. Okay. Yeah. So our fives and threes yeah. switched. So we'll just hit four and then two. Um, so yeah. plating is interesting, right? Because plating is the only card on my list here that is clearly... Only in one deck. Yeah. And I hate using cards like that in lists like this. The problem, the difference between, say, like this, and let's just say that Which I had... Which is interesting because, like... You use Pestermite? <laughs> and I well, no, 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 no. So, so I think classically when we make these top ten lists, I much more often lean on... The meta this, cards, yeah. Not even meta cards, but, like, when we did top ten artifacts, I had a bunch of affinity cards. Yeah. Because, like, even though those decks aren't versatile and aren't in a bunch of decks, yeah. affinity is the best artifact deck in the history of the format and will yep. be forever. Yep. Um, so cranial plating to me... Which is obviously why I have it harder. But like in general, I put those kind of cards on my list. But in deck building situations, you're much more into weird specific cards and yeah. I'm much more into generically powerful cards. Right, right. Uh, I just think that's interesting that like our yeah. All right, continuing. Um, I mean the the reason that plating to me goes here is and the difference between say like this and pestermite. Pestermite is that pestermite doesn't have if you want to play a flyer. A, an instant speed flyer, even. There's better options than Pestermite. If you want to play a card that has a tempo advantage that flashes in and, like, bounces a land or, like, taps something or but but gives you an advantage, there are better cards to play than Pestermite. If you want to play a fairies deck, there's better fairies to play than Pestermite. So the only time that Pestermite sees play is it copies 5 and 6 and sometimes 7 and 8, but usually 5 and 6, of a better uncommon that's in its place in one deck in modern. Whereas with it's cranial plating, though it it's does like four decks, but fine. <laughs> uh, if and cranial plating, she's played Maybe literally more, in one five. deck, yeah. one deck, one deck. Um, the reason that I think that cranial plating has more design space is because it that would make my list is that it references one thing: your creature gets huge based on the number of artifacts you have. That means that at any at any point in time, if there's another way to build an affinity deck or a deck that utilizes a huge amount of artifacts. You could use cranial plating in that deck because it's doing something extremely powerful. I think I think my the way I came at it, and it's maybe the reason it's higher, is it's similar to that concept, but almost the opposite in the sense that Splinter Twi- the 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 uh, the Pestermite card in Affinity is more of the Ornithopter or the Memnite. Or, yeah, that's uh, fair. Where it's it's a role player that combos with the really powerful cards and you want as many of the cards that work with your really powerful cards as possible to make those cards work. But in reality, it's they're, it's pretty replaceable. Yep. Like, theoretically, Pestermite could be replaced by that new 3-3 green-blue uh, bounding Crassus. Or right. it could be replaced in white or other colors. Um, cranial planning is arguably the reason you do it. Like, cranial planning is much more similar to Kiki Jiki or Splinter Twin. Right. Specifically Splinter Twin in the sense that you are playing all these artifacts that are kind of bad. Like, Ben Knight is a bad card. <laughs> yes, yeah, But good. because Cradle Plating and Ravager exist, it's a deck that it goes into is very good. Yeah. And I would even argue that cranial plating, if Ravager was common, I would have cranial plating, plating higher than higher. Ravager. Yeah, I mean I I think that uh I don't. I can't give you like a list that, that comes to mind for me where I would use plating in a different way. It's sort of more like I'm sort of thinking like versus Ravager, which like there's like yeah aristocrat artifact deck could theoretically yeah. play it. Well, with like plating, for instance, like what if you were gonna what if you were gonna build some sort of like okay, I'm gonna build the hyper infect version that utilizes a lot of artifacts but doubles up on the effect of them because yeah, sounds great <laughs> and it's like similar because you already using if you had artifact lands that deck would be nuts. Yeah, that's what I mean. And so I I think that any time. <laughs> Okay. I just think that any time you 
Anyway, whatever. We don't yeah, have to yeah. harp on it, but that's that's the reason for me. Well, um, I I think, and when it comes down to it, it's one of the most powerful cards. Period in the format. Right. There are there is an entire deck that has been a tier one since literally day one of the format deck that yep. it exists because this card exists. The linchpin of the deck would not exist. Without and anything. yes, this is in an, in fifteen decks like the rest of my top five. Right. But. This has been in almost just as much top eights, if not more, than some of these cards. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's continue moving down the line. Uh, in fact, my number four has been in less, and which is why Cranial Plating is higher than my number four. Which is? Uh, Gitaxian Pro. Oh, that's also my number four. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. perfect. Look okay. at that. So Our top our three are the exact same. <laughs> is, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so Gitaxian Probe, uh, for those who don't know, it's Frixie Mana. That means you can either pay one blue mana or pay two life, uh, and you get to look at your opponent's hand and draw a card. Uh, it is a free spell. It does a lot of really powerful things. Uh, especially since Delve came on the scene, it's yeah. become a staple of the format. So if you're playing Delve cards and or Prowess cards, you're most likely playing this card. Um, the information you get from it is very good. The fact that it makes it kind of deck it makes your deck kind of a more of a 56 card deck versus a 60 yep. card deck. Uh, cantrips in general have been very good. It's very good with Snapcaster Mage. Yes. You can play Snapcaster Mage as a tempo two drop versus a random spell later on. Yeah, it's uh, it's really good. I mean, it's uh, it. Anytime you can play free spells in a format, like that's what I'm sort of talking about when you think about like the mutation of the format. And as it's each each strategy and each way of playing has sort of moved more and more and more into this hyper efficient, sort of like the way Legacy operates. It's much modern, so much closer to Legacy now than it ever used to be. Um, just the way that the decks function. It's it's, it's black is it's missing its blue dominance which is fine <laughs> yeah i mean it's in, yeah. in some ways it's better for that reason but getaxian probe is your classic card it's just like right. it's not that powerful but it's so good it's so good in terms of like what you want to be doing like this tap dance like this sort of like um what was like, what the word i'm looking for this very like sort of strategic tap dance that you're doing often with your opponent where you're just like I can go for it, but I need to know what they have. One right. more card would be great. I'll pay a little bit of life to have a little bit more of an advantage. Oh, this card makes my deck a little smaller. You know. Well, I mean, like that example with Snapcaster Mage. Yeah. The fact that I can use it, see what they have, be like, oh, tempo would be great right now. They have no way to stop me just getting it for six damage with a two one on yeah. turn two makes that play worth it. Or you don't do it and you wait till later. Like the the. Information is key, yep. and Gitaxian Probe gives you a lot of information while helping you out. Uh, the other one is, you know, Chapin recently wrote, wrote an article saying Abbott of Carol Keep is the fifth uh, two-drop. So there's always this argument that there are five there – are, there have been four epic two-drop rares. Card-advantageous two-drops. Not even card-advantageous. Like, just the best two-drop creature, for, one for each color. I, well, card-advantage card is, as he said when he spoke to us, like, in the sense that card-advantage can be generated in a number of ways. Sure. I mean, like, because Tarmogoyf is the green one, and I would argue that that's not a card-advantage card, other than the fact that it just is bigger than everything else. Yeah, so has. exactly. You're getting sure. ahead by the fact that you have something that is unanswerable by their means. Early. Right. And and he has said that Abbott, he has said that Abbott Carroll Keep is his two-drop. I personally think that the two-drop even though it doesn't is Eidolon. Fit, is Eidolon a great rival? But yeah. beyond that, that would not be true if this card didn't exist. If yeah, Attack Probe wasn't a card, Abbott wouldn't be played. Not it wouldn't be playable, but it would be much worse. Yes. I mean and also evidenced by Mishra's bobble. Um so let's I suppose let's move on to uh number two, maybe. Uh yeah. I guess we have if we both have probe. Oh, so so for record, my number three was Cradle Play, and he was his was uh Mana League. So let's just move clear on. it out. Yeah. I, I'm guessing Lightning Bolts are number one. Yeah. And number two is Serum Visions. Yes. Yes, okay. All right. So Serum Visions 
I don't know how much more we can say about this card. The, like we talked about how good Brainstorm would be in the format. We've talked a good how Ponder would have been. How ser- like yeah, this is the Batman. I've always said it. Serum Visions is Batman of the format in the sense it is not the hero we want, but it is the hero we deserve. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, Serum Visions is is sort of hilarious because it's it's very clearly the correct power level for the format. And I remember all the various yeah. all the various times in the format when like cantrips have been discussed, like the original banning of Preordain and Ponder, when people used to play a lot more decks that played this and a lot of sleight of hands, sort of like trying to figure out like what's correct, used to be only in combo decks. Then nowadays you'll just see a lot more decks that play a lot more Serum Visions just to play a card that lets you move through your library a little faster and, right. and draw a card and the do Delve something. The Delve cards have just put it over the top. The, the, the fact that Delve and Prowess, those are the two two of the mechanics out of Khan's Block, encourage, and one of them is now Evergreen, encourage cantripping spells to such a degree that Serum Vision is just great. Obviously, I'd be rather playing with one of the three better versions of this. What's interesting to me about this card, and it doesn't get said a lot, is this card is actively better with um, Delver of Secrets than Preordain is. Because Preordain, you you are looking at two and then drawing. So so only the top card that of the cards you're looking at, only one of them will be able to flip that Delver because you're going to be drawing one. Right. And with this, you draw a card, and then for sure you can set up so Delver two turns. So if you turn one Serum Visions, yeah. you can make it so your turn three Delver flips. Guaranteed. Your turn two you Delver flips on turn three. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That you can't do with Preordain. It's right. impossible. Even though Preordain is definitely a better card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In every other way. But yeah. with Delver, Serum Visions is better. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> I mean, I, I like Serum Visions, and I find myself playing more and more of them. I think the other thing that's great about a card like Serum Visions, and this is better than Gitaxian Probe and the reason that it's higher, it's not only good and powerful as a card, but like in Magic... We are happier as a game when we get to do more and interact more and sure. like just like see more, think more, like well, it, sort of feel like draws. you have more yeah. in, more control of what's happening in the game. It makes the game experience for everybody more fun. So this is a great card for that because it's appropriately costed. It's powerful enough. It doesn't feel like you are dirtling or wasting your time, but it also isn't so powerful that you feel like when someone casts Serum Visions, right. they're getting way ahead. And, and and for the record, the the difference between because I don't think we've explained the difference between Preordain and Serum Visions, it's a very small facet that completely alters how the card works. With Serum Visions, you draw a card first. With Preordain, you draw a card after you scry. And they both scry two, and they both cost one, and yeah. they're both blue, and they're they both the exact same card, but the like the text is organized differently and if you guys are interested and don't know look up ponder and pre- look up ponder and brainstorm and those are like the legacy versions but and, yeah those are the better two um the one thing i will say is that this card like isn't just in commons one of the best cards in the format like that list we talked about it is the second most played card in the format period <laughs> i would say that like lightning bolt and serum visions of the cards on this list are to maybe the only two of my top 10 that would actually make the top 10 modern cards. I don't think any of the rest of these cards would make the top 10 modern cards. I agree with that. Which is fine. I mean, uh, maybe cranial plating. Yeah, it's possible. I would argue that maybe cranial. Like, just because you could argue that it's better than Ravager, and I would be hard for me not to put one affinity card yeah, on that so it's list. A huge de- it's a huge card. I mean, I don't think any of the rest of these cards, though. Maybe Probe now, but it's I doubt it. Probe would be a bubble. Yeah, I agree. Uh on the lightning bolt, I'm we talk very about it interested in, to see how many lists this is in the top two, if not number one, that we're going to go through. Because it's already been number one in two lists so far. But top ten red cards. And top ten 
top 10 commons. commons. And I think when we did, I think when we did the staples of the format or when, what was the episode that we did? Oh, answers. Catch-alls. Oh yeah. That wasn't really a ranking. That right. was, that was a. It might've been in our top 10 masters of, Mo- uh, masters of modern cards. <laughs> Maybe. Our modern masters cards. Modern masters two. Yeah, it's possible. It might have been number one. I don't know for sure. You remind us. Oh, and that might have been. Yeah, who knows? But it, it'll end up in another list for sure. I mean, the thing about Lightning Bolt is it's just Lightning Bolt's beautiful and modern. It's perfect. It's like it's. I don't know if it's perfect. I would argue it's possibly too good, but that's. It's just right though. I mean, it does it, the way that it sets the format up. The whole like four toughness thing. I I love the way that that sort of interacts with four mana turn four. Right. It's all all of those things with this card. The way that this plays with no, Snapcaster, it's, it's very very good. I love the card, and it's I mean it's, for anyone who doesn't know by now, it's one red it's for an the instant. Pillar, it's that a pillar deals of the format. Three damage to target creature that, or player. Yeah. Um. You know we've said it before on another podcast, but we'll say it again. It's it's funny when you look at the original cycle of five. In the original set of Magic, there were five one-drop instants that did something in a in a variable in a number. Uh, what's it called? Using the number three. Using the number three, and the one in red was Lightning Bolt. For yeah. one red, you got three damage. So the one in blue was Ancestral Vision, Ancestral Recall. Yeah, you got to draw, draw three cards, cards for one blue instant speed. Yeah, arguably, what's interesting about that cycle is as powerful as Lightning Bolt is, it's probably still the it's the middle. Yeah, because Which Dark Ritual modern, costs Dark one nuts. black <laughs> and is add three mana to your mana pool right. that it's black for an instant. And then... Giant Growth is a beautiful card, but it's not modern playable. One green target creature gets not... plus three procedural on this turn. Also really good. And then Healing Self. <laughs> which, is, which is the white one. Which, like, I feel like there should be a version at some point where if there's ever, like, a Time Spiral-esque kind of set again... They should design an overwhelmingly powerful one mana white card that does something good that would like complete the and, like, cycle. A supplemental set. Call it like not healing solve. I guess it would be one mana make three one one white token soldiers. That's I mean that's would be the card I would design. It does something different than the other four cards did. Yeah, like would that be too good for legacy? Maybe, but I mean, you put it in commander product and you ban it if you need to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, healing solve for those that don't know, I is don't want it in one white instant uh, gain three life or prevent three damage to, to target creature um, or prevent the next three damage or whatever. It's just like, a, like arguably lightning bolt and dark ritual are possibly too powerful for yeah. most formats. So yeah, it's fine. So anyway, uh, lightning bolt, awesome, great card. This is kind of exciting because we have a few minutes and we we both have a list of honorable mention slash cards we wish saw more play. Before we get there, if you guys have your favorite common, uh, please tweet. Us. We are yeah. at the MM cast. We'd love to hear what you guys think is the best uh, commons in the format. Um, if you think we were wrong on a card, if you think we missed something, uh, let us know. Yeah, and uh, just for the record, guys, right now, uh, we are we are somewhere in the low 900s of our Twitter following, and we would love to be at a thousand. <laughs> yeah. So what we're gonna do here? I know we just gave away a ton of stuff last week. Which this list, this list of ten commons. Uh, Every card that was included in our two lists, I believe there was only like 12 or something like that, right? Something like that. Yeah. Whoever is our 1,000th Twitter follower, when that happens, we're going to send you one of each of these comments. And I know that's not the most amazing thing, but because we're announcing it on this, this episode. Serum Visions in there? Yeah, Serum Visions is like six, seven bucks, maybe more, 10. 12 bucks? Something like that. It's 12 bucks. Um, but yeah, we'll send you probes, got to be a couple bucks. We'll send you uh, one of all of these cards, and we'll ship it to you, and you just need to get in touch with us when you are our thousandth follower. So I would I would rally. Oh, oh this, should be, this should be pointed out, actually. If we get to 1,000 within, should, what should we say, one episode or two? Should we say one? One. One episode. Yeah. We have to get to 1,000 Twitter followers by one episode to give this away. So, and, and yeah. 
That's the thing, guys. That's that's, that's going to do it. So let's just list the cards off. Lightning Bolt, Serum Visions, Mana Leak, Cataxian Probe, Cranial Plating, Delver of Secrets, Terminate, Ancient Grudge, Dispel, Gurmag, Angler. Pestermite, Spreading Sea, Wild Nactyl. That is the 13 cards you yep. will get. Um, let's get into our honorable mentions. Sure. This is exciting. Do you want to go first or should I? Uh, I'll go first because uh, I kind of want to explain it. Uh, Rancor. Okay. Um, originally in my list, and then we decided arbitrarily that it doesn't count because it was only a... Uncommon when it got reprinted in, in, uh, in M12. Non modern set. So it's only been uncommon as it exists in modern. Um, Rancor is really good. It's it's a one green mana, two zero. Maybe the best green enchantment. No, uh, no, it's easy. Uh, clarify aura. that. It's one green mana for a creature aura that is creature gets plus two plus zero oh, and yes, trample. Sorry. And when that creature hits the graveyard, no, it's when Rancor is placed into a graveyard from play. Yeah. It returns to your hand. So the only way to get rid of a Rancor is if you is kill this. a creature in response to the enchantment. Correct. Um, or or exile it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's ridiculously powerful yep. and always has been. So it, during the original era of when the M sets were coming out, uh, Wizards had a policy where every uh, core set they would print one new classic card that was epically powerful in yeah. each of the colors at uh, common or uncommon. And the first set, M10, had Lightning Bolt. Yep. We have it. Have you talked about Lightning Bolt today? Have we yeah, right. About, yeah. <laughs> and uh, number two had Mana Leak. <laughs> number two had Mana Leak. M11, yeah. Uh, and number three, I think, had Rancor and was the green version of that. But it was color shifted. No, or I'm Rancor. sorry, it was, it, was, it, was, it was not color shifted. It was uh, rarity shifted. It, got it was shifted uncommon. up to yeah, uncommon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, unco- it was common and then become an uncommon. Um, and then black, they never they like realized I think after Rancor that oh we're making mistakes of printing. Oh yeah, we should we cards. should print Dark Ritual. That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so they didn't print a black and a white one eventually. Um, poor black and white always yeah. uh, getting shafted. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's my number one of the honorable mentions. Card is great. We're saving my, the best for last. Yes, we already talked about spreading seeds. That was on my list. Um, I'm gonna go with a funky one. This is if you've ever heard us on this cast before talk about wizards decks or things like that or like just fringe decks this is a card that sees like no play but i think it's a really cool card and most people don't know about it so it's a card called vidalcan ether mage and it's one of these weird future shifted cards from future sight um it is one blue and a colorless for a flash vidalcan wizard that is a one two now it says when when vidalcan ether mage comes into play return target sliver to its owner's hand I know. Sounds totally un- unexciting. Yeah, here's, that's not what it says. <laughs> yeah. Here's what makes the card good. It has an ability called Wizard Cycling. So for three colorless at instant speed, you can discard Vidalcan Ether Mage from your hand and search your library for any creature or spell that has the card type, creature type, Wizard. Which means any changeling, there's a couple tribal wizard spells from uh, from like Lorwyn block, and then lastly, just any wizard ever, which is a which pretty includes Delver of Secrets, which Snapcaster includes Snapcaster Mage, Snapcaster Mage, Vencer. Like, there's a ton yeah, of wizards, so many wizards. There's combo cards that are wizards. There's all kinds of stuff. In includes my next card. Yeah, and so I think that this is one of those cards that like. If you ever build a deck that like functionally has a wizard that is part of your combo or is like just the linchpin, a lot of people don't know this card exists, and it's a very, very, very good card for what you're trying to do. So it's something to keep. Remember in mind. that cycling can happen at also at instant speed, so it, it yeah. isn't. You're not End like turn. tutoring for three mana, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at sorcery speed, uh, my card. I'll, I'll I'll join in on the theme of wizards that are toolboxy. Uh, Trinket mage. Oh yeah. But that's uh, uncommon. Nope. It was a common originally. And it, then it was reprinted. It was reprinted as an uncommon. Oh, but as a common Scarsman. originally in 5th Dawn, it yeah. was a common. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I, I so, love Trinket Mage. Trinket Mage is one blue, two colorless for a 2-2 wizard human. Uh, and you may search your library for any artifact with converted mana cost one or less. Right. So 
We need box. that. We need that sound. Dex. That uh, that drop. You know, the, the like toolbox. Yeah, toolbox. Yeah. I, I, remember, I always. I remember. I always wanted time. that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I loved. I loved Rainbow. Uh, okay. This is radio, right? We don't have sound effects. Yeah. We that producer. There's not a producer behind the glass. That's just a, glass, That's though. just a C. That's just a C three PO life size yeah, yeah. cutout. Um, um, we are sweet. Uh, you can get so many cool artifacts. Think about them. Yeah. All the trinkets. There's uh, like so dirty. So I mean, in dirtly. Commander, it's like great because you get top or soul ring. But yeah. in this, you get. Engineer explosives, you get yeah, yeah, everybody. Definitely, knows. Yeah. it's a All good right. card. It's a good card. Right, um, what's your what's your number? This is one again that we've talked about on this cast, and I'm going to pair this because it goes with the, another card. So the card I'm going to mention is Scythe Tiger. Um, <laughs> I know you're laughing because I love this card. Scythe Tiger is great. So much worse than two of the other cards that are pretty much the same. Except but... that this one can't be lightning bolted. So True. this is one you green. Have to sacrifice a land. For, look, it's better than you think. It's one green for a three-two creature cat with shroud. When Scythe Tiger enters the battlefield, sacrifice it unless you sacrifice a land. So obviously, nobody likes to sacrifice lands in modern. The question is, how important? Well, I, I think that's. I love fetching. That's yeah. great. <laughs> how many? Like the question is, how many? Um, how many lands do you need for a deck to be functional, and how far ahead could you get early on enough if you had like a deck that relied on this and something else that you wouldn't be able to just win the game? If they if you played three uh, for like a three mana three or a one mana three two on turn one that could not be lightning bolted, could you get far ahead? So the other card that I have on this list is Vapor Snag. But one it's also blue. a three two with no evasion. Correct. Yeah. Well, so this is what I'm saying. Vapor Snag. So Vapor Snag one blue for an instant return target creature to its owner's hand. That that con- creature's controller loses one life. So if you could envision some sort of tempo-y deck that played maybe like this and Nakatl and Delver and Vapor Snag or something, I don't know. Um, this just seems like a trump card that you would maybe be able to play early, and it might be better than you think. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> look, you said I, I don't know like three times. Look, Kessler, you know I'm always trying to identify cards that, that are underplayed <laughs> and have unique abilities. Give me another card that is a three power creature in modern for one mana that has some sort of immune to removal ability. Is there another one that exists? No. Exactly. Uh, I, I would argue that Goblin Guide has immune to an ability because it comes into play a haste on turn zero and it hits just, them for two. And gives them a land and then gets killed. Gives them a land. I'm going to. And burn? Who cares? They can have all the lands they want. Maybe the deck plays Goblin Guide also. It could. All the one drops. <laughs> but yeah, but you're sacking lands, so how are you going to keep your colors straight? I don't know. All if right. you're listening and you think that Scythe Tiger has legs, also, for the record, one of you did listen once when I mentioned it and sent me a list because you thought it had legs, <laughs> which I appreciated immensely. I appreciated the support. But if we have more listeners now that like Scythe Tiger, uh, you just let me know. What do you got, Kessler? Are you going to send each one of them a Scythe Tiger? <laughs> I'll sign a Scythe Tiger. I'll friggin' if you... you it, it, for all the people that message in, you'll give one. You're in charge, so I'm going to leave you in charge of this. No, I'm job. not promising. I'm not promising because <laughs> if I get like 14 people that are like, send me a signed Scythe no, no, Tiger. You, it, like, you give one to ran- at random to the people that mentioned Scythe Tiger. I'm, hi- I'm now handling the Masters of Modern Scythe Tiger account. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So sure. Between now and next week, you want to just put another contest on the board here? I got a contest for no, you guys. No, no, no. Okay. We don't want <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. All right. No, no, no. No Scythe Tigers. You don't want that card. It's bad. It's... All right. So my card. Next one. Manatide. Okay. One white. Oh, I forgot about that. I love uh, Manatide. Spell uh, counter target spell unless its controller pays one for one white. Interesting. It's, it's the only like. Straight up white counter spell. Feels like it could be played, could be played pretty well with Scythe Tiger. It's, it's four spike. <laughs> uh, I rolled my eyes. You can't see it. <laughs> um, uh, I've seen every time I've ever seen this card get played. It's been a total blowout. 
Because no one ever expects someone with one white mana open or any amount of white mana open to be able to counter a spell. So, like, in Tithe decks or decks that have, you know, green-white hate bears, even in, like, to be totally honest, blue-white decks that just, like, can tap out their blue spells that just get someone, it's great. I think this card's sweet. Like, it's definitely a card that in weird brews, weird like early game tempo-y brews I've tried to come up with over the years. Um, this is a total consideration. I mean, Force Spike isn't legal. Force Spike is good. If Force Spike were legal, it might see play in blue decks. I don't really know. I feel like I feel like if Force Spike was legal, people would just think that they should be playing with it, which means that Manitas should probably be seeing more play than it is. Well, so you guys may recall, and Kessler, I know you've recalled, like at various times we've talked about the whole idea that there's so many two-power one-drops now that exist that are legal and modern, some of which have like pretty good fringe abilities, like Dryad Arbor, obviously. Not Dryad Arbor. Uh, Dryad Militant is pretty powerful. Right. It's good. Um, obviously, the Soldier of the Pantheon is pretty good. It, it interacts pretty well. And has like you know immunity to a lot of cards, so it's the sort of thing where it's just like what we're talking about with Scythe Tiger, where it's like if you get a threat with two or three power on turn one, and you have some sort of tempo-y way to back it up, uh, I don't know, maybe like a mono white deck. I'm gonna move on, keep going. All right, so so yeah, um, I'm gonna use my favorite one because if we're running out of time, I want to make sure I get it in. I mentioned it mm-hmm. earlier, Survivor of the Unseen. So this is a really bad Magic card, um, but. It is a really bad magic card that does something that almost no card in modern does, which is what we talked about earlier, which is that it is oh, we, one blue. We already talked about this card today. <laughs> and two colorless. For, we barely talked about it. For a 2-1 human wizard, cumulative upkeep, two colorless. It has an ability that states tap, draw two cards, then put a card from your hand on top of your library. That instant speed two brainstorm for two I talked about, that's what this card actually does. So you play it for three, you untap with it. In response to the upkeep trigger, you tap it, draw two, and then put one hand from your hand on top of your library. You can set up any kind of like a miracles thing. If you want to pay for it once, and then the next turn not pay for it, you'll get to activate it twice. You could play it with lightning greaves or something like that and get haste on it the first time. I'm just saying, find me another card that puts a card from my hand on top of my library, and I'll be happy. No one else, no other card does it, so there might be something to it. Just saying. It seems really bad. It might be really bad. I love the card. It's a three-mana sorcery thing that like may do you something on the fourth turn, kind of. Interesting that it's a wizard, and Vidak and other maids search as wizards. Hmm. That's, that <laughs> that's so bad. It's really terrible. Um, what, what, else you, what else you got? Um, a slightly better version of what you're uh, – mystical teachings. Oh, yeah, Teachings is sweet. Yeah, so Mystical Teachings is uh, normally three mana and a blue. Uh, Search your library for an instant card or a card with flash. Reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library, and then you can flash it back for one black and five colorless. Uh, There are a lot of teaching decks that have been around in the history of this format. None of them have ever been tier one. They're all really sweet. Andrew Brown, friend of the podcast, actually, like, the first deck I ever played against him in Modern, he had Teachings. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, Teachings is great. Uh, I don't know. I love, we mentioned with Trick It Mage, the toolbox button. Yeah. Uh, toolbox. <laughs> toolbox. Um, okay. Uh, we, you and I once built like a rock deck, and it was like this weird thing back when Deathrite Shaman was legal. And we had this, it was basically a lot like the Hate Bears decks you see it's now. It's interesting, of the cards you've mentioned, this is probably the only one that so far is, like, is legitimate. Is legitimate. Well, I'll pair it with the other card here just because they're, they are similar. Okay. Simeon, so it's Simeon Spirit Guide and Ancient Stirrings. And they are both cards that see a pretty good amount of play in modern in similar kind of decks. Um, Didn't I argue for a second? 
second that Simeon Spirit Guide should be banned. I, I you might have. no longer believe that because yeah. it, it's been cut from most decks, but sure, continue. So the, what I was saying about our rock deck was when we were coming up with it, the idea was if you played a bunch of Ghost Quarters in your deck and you played uh, you played Crucible of Worlds, that if you then played Ancient Stirrings, it would function as your turn one gets well, me any color I need, gets me my copy of Crucible, and also gets me copies of Ghost Quarter. The important thing was that it was a deck that was trying to function with Avon Mind Sensor and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. the one mana, one white uh, Avon Mind Sensor, but you can like pay three mana to get out of it. Um, using no, path he, Leon and, and Arbiter. Leon and Arbiter, yeah. yeah uh, using Path and Crucible and Ghost Quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and because you couldn't search your deck to get to those cards if you needed them and they were important to kind of accomplish what you're trying to do, uh, Ancient Stirrings was kind of a pseudo tutor because it let you dig. Yeah, it, it was actually kind of similar to a lot of the Hate Bears decks that Kibler ended up like playing and, and rolling out there that have become a little more popular. They just changed it; they didn't go with our whole like Crucible of Worlds package. Right. But uh, I just think that Ancient Stirrings, because it references colorless and colorless is such a broad term, is you can build creative decks that utilize lands and artifacts and various other things pretty well. The other card here I referenced the Simeon Spirit Guide, which is one red, two colorless for a Two two ape creature or something like that from it doesn't matter because what it actually does is you can exile it from your hand to make one red mana. Yeah, it's the original. It's a color shifted version of Elvish Spirit Guide, which is the exact same thing, but it's a fairy or something, and it and it's green from alliances. Right. But the reason that I put Spirit Guide here it's, is it's a four of in Gorgo's Vengeance decks. Yeah, uh, and it saw some play, and now they play like a one of in Amulet decks. Yeah, and technically you can cut them or you can play more. It's what allows a lot of decks in this format to win on turn one. Yes. So the whole thing with Simeon Spirit Guide, the reason it's here is just like, you think about the way a lot of decks work. You think about the importance of turns two, three, and four in Modern, and how important we say often when we're doing a deck tech and we're doing a turn-by-turn breakdown of, it really matters who goes first here, blah, blah, blah. If you can get a turn ahead by using Simeon Spirit Guide in a lot of decks, I don't know that it's incorrect. It's probably right to experiment with a lot of decks and see, how does this deck function if I have four copies of Simeon Spirit Guide here? Maybe I can get ahead. That's why it's, I put it on the list. It's kind of very similar to the opposite of Gitaxian Probe, where Gitaxian Probe makes your deck smaller, it keeps your hand full, and it gives you information. This gets your deck out faster, but makes your deck almost thicker because you basically like are mulliganing for that right. effect. Uh, and it has a little bit more of a risk. It's interesting. Um, definitely a good card. Yeah. I once said it should be banned that good but I, I don't lo- no longer believe that uh my next card is faithless looting oh yeah looting sweet it's getting yeah. a lot of decks uh i think the reason i put it here is it doesn't see a lot of play in a lot of decks i think it's probably more playable in decks than it gets credit for i think some decks could just use it as card filtering and it doesn't see play in that capacity it really only sees play in decks that involve the graveyard and it's best in those decks but i would be interested to see this kind of card seeing more play we talked about how cantrips are good. This is a little worse than a cantrip, but it's a little bit better because right. of the flashback. Interesting with prowess cards. Totally. Seems sweet. Yep. Um, is that your last card? That's my last one. Uh, so I have, I saved the most powerful card for last. And really, this is better than is all it spell the other sky? cards. No, it's a uh, Darksteel <laughs> Citadel. Oh, God. <laughs> it got shifted to uncommon. Yeah, okay, but it is a common originally. No. Yeah. We don't even need to talk about this because we, we literally, <laughs> if you go go back and listen to the top 10 artifacts, like we had this argument once already. I I, I, it actually was like, 
on my top ten at one point, but my top ten at that point had twenty five cards in it. Yeah, and I was like no, and I like it, I'm it not survived even... out of funniness, and then I just kept cutting it. It's not serious. It got cut out of funniness from my <laughs> list because I because we had that. All right, we're running out of time. All right. So uh, that's it for the episode. I, I want to thank you guys for listening. I want to remind you to go check out our sister podcast, The Command Zone. Uh, they're also on RocketJump.com. You can find them on Twitter at the Command Cast. Uh, we are at the MM Cast. Uh, which is important because you can tweet at us apparently to win contests that we keep promising you. Yeah, exactly. Um, We've sent people things we promise. And then also, <laughs> this also this contest we just referenced one more time just in case you were curious and didn't remember. We're at like nine something and we need like 70 to 80 more followers to get to 1,000, which would be a huge thing for us. Yep. We've done this for a year. If we get to 1,000 in the next week, whoever the 1,000th Twitter follower is will get those 13 comments and we will... If you would like us to sign all of them, if you don't want us to, we'll gladly not. Right, just we, let or us we know. can sign all of them, but Serum Visions, if that's yeah, because that's really the only card that's. I guess that and Cradio Plating are both worth something. You just let us know. Yeah. But right. the point is, you'll win it if you're the thousandth follower. So help us get there. We love you guys. You make this podcast happen, and it's the coolest. So yeah. I'm Ben Bateman. You can find me at Ben Bateman Media on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Kess Wiley. You can, or I'm Alex Kessler, and you can find me at Kess Wiley on everything. Uh, or uh, if you want to find me on like streamy things, Xander five seven four. Oh, you know what? And like, I think I might have mentioned this one time ever. I'm not really sure if I've ever talked about it. No, Uh, I don't know if any of you guys love action movies. I love action movies. I do this. I do this podcast video thing called Action Movie Anatomy, and it's basically like me and one of my good buddies, and we go on camera at the Popcorn Talk Network every week on Wednesdays, streaming live at 12:30. We break down our favorite action movies from like the 80s, 90s, and today, and we uh, have like a whole system of like recast and fist pump moment and everything. And we have a super good time. I know a couple crossover people have like just happened upon it, but if you like action movies, you should go to. I think it's just. Oh, like... We'll link to it on RocketJump.com. Uh, we'll actually probably talk about it a little bit more in the future, so you can kind of explain a little bit more about it. We are running out of time, so yes. uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to the mmcast at RocketJump.com. See you later. Alligator.